episode the only precursor i would say is every generation needs its version of the song cherry pie by warrant and every 10 years a song comes along and tries to be the newer version of that and not everyone can succeed but what are you talking about what am i talking about steve i'm talking about (laughs) this week's episode of the song topsy report where we dissect bad bizarre or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died i am your host nick brigadier I'm Mike Russell. And I'm damn the preamble, Steve Trollinger. <laughs> Steve, you are always you always have been the cut the foreplay kind of person on this podcast when it comes to getting right into it. Uh, which is actually, ironically enough, an appropriate metaphor for the song we're covering today. <laughs> because this song, as I was mentioning in my preamble that Stephen cut short, the song that we're discussing is from a band that only existed for a pretty brief period of time for reasons we'll discuss. Uh, but we're discussing their biggest hit song, Porn Star Dancing by the band My Darkest Days, featuring, and this is the most wild collection of artists, this song features, no other song in the history of the universe features Ludacris, Nickelback, and Zach Wilde of Ozzy Osbourne and Black Label Society. All, for some reason, are in this band with a bunch of Canadian fuckboys. And Mike, you have not heard any of this, correct? I have not heard this yet. Which is I have not heard this yet. I just like... Because I feel like of the three of us, you would be the one who would be the most likely to have encountered this. And I don't mean that as an insult or a compliment, Mike. I only mean it as an observation. <laughs> uh, Mike, if, know, I could, just... if I could interpolate, I think what Nick's trying to say is that he thinks you live in strip clubs. <laughs> you know you know what, Nick? Listen, I, I'm more of a the preferential of having this, you know, the strip club in the comfort of my own home. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like mean a cl- I, <laughs> I like it when the strip club comes to me. <laughs> no, Mike, that's fair. And especially, were you saying, um, I'm, I'm assuming all strip clubs are still closed, but I don't, I don't know what, what, um, what phase strip clubs open in in New York state, but uh, I know the wait, city's guys, only phase guys, two. Guys, hold on. You know, you know what, you know what service they they offer now for uh, people trying to have the strip clubs come to their house. What do they offer, Steve? Boober. <laughs> Boober. All right, you can keep going with the episode now. Uh, for all of our new listeners, uh, thank you for joining us for up until this point when you turned it off. We did appreciate your listenership. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Mike, so considering you haven't heard the song before, I should give you a little bit of a teaser about what the song sounds like. So here's a little bit of Porn Star Dancing by My Darkest Days. Song. You do oh. know this song? Damn it, Mike. I was trying to give you the benefit of the goddamn <laughs> doubt for Mike once in our lives. Oh, of course yeah, Mike knows this dude. song. Oh, yo, it's a real banner. <laughs> I listen to it, I listen to it yeah. at the strip club all the time. Damn it, Mike. I keep trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll dive into the songwriting of this, but just even just based on this, I've never heard a song that is so trying to be a song that was only designed to be stripped to. Which normally I don't have a problem with. Music can serve a variety of purposes. I don't begrudge it for that. It's just it's just trying so hard. It's just so hard. It's trying. 
man, it's, it's so hard. I, the, the second time <laughs> I said that, I realized, oh no, why would I say that? Why would I give Mike that lead in that he needs? Yeah. Um, but this song, like I said, it's it's interesting in a historical context solely predominantly because of, well, A, it's not a great song, but B, it brought together so many different people and musicians who should not have been all together at the same time. But to give just a general precursor for those of you who haven't heard it, or for those of you like me who heard it that one time in like 2011 on the radio a couple of times, then forgot about it, My Darkest Days was, past tense, a Canadian rock band based in uh, Peterborough, Ontario, consisting of lead singer Matt Walst. Now, Matt Walst you might know because Matt Walsh's older brother, Brad Walsh, is the bassist for other famous Canadian rock band, Three Days Grace. So the younger brother of the bassist of Three Days Grace is the vocalist in this band. So, wait, so Waltz... <laughs> What are their names? So Matt said? Walst is the guy in My Darkest Days, and his older brother, Brad Walst, is the bassist in Three Days Grace. If they did a mashup, it should have been called My Darkest Three Days Grace, <laughs> which I'm very proud I just thought of right now. Uh, now, what, what was interesting was initially Matt Walst did not want to play in his brother's band, so he decided to form his own band with some of his friends. Now, remember that detail, because it comes back a little bit later. So he didn't want to be in My three... band's going to be so much cooler than your band, big bro. It's going to sound exactly the same, because this is how everyone sings at this point in time. But other than that, it's going to be much better. Oh, especially in Canada. Like, you can... They're, they're... There's a very specific sound to Canadian rock bands from the early to early to mid two thousands. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but you can tell. And there's probably oh, wait, cause, oh no, go ahead. No, because there was there were so many Canadian bands coming out. Like like Simple Plan was Canadian, weren't they Canadian too? I think so. Um, I'm thinking one of those guys. They were definitely know. the poutine of rock music. <laughs> Gee. I think there's a reason why these bands all sound so similar. It's because they were discovered by the Songtopsy Report's greatest villain at this point, Chad Kroger of Nickelback, who signed them to his own <laughs> record label, 604 Records, and the band is best known for this song, Porn Star Dancing. And I say best... Feminist, feminist anthem, Porn <laughs> yes. Star Dancing. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's supporting all the working women out there, Steve. Oh, well, wait till we get into the lyrics a little bit. So... <laughs> So Chad Kroger heard their music and was so impressed that apparently he immediately signed them to his record label. Matt Walst gave them, uh, gave Chad the demo while they were touring together, and the first new song that the band wrote after they got signed to Chad Kroger's of Nickelback's record label uh, was Porn Star Dancing, which became their first single. Now, here's so here's where, of all the guests who appear in this song, this is where the first obvious piece comes into play. They were on Chad Kroger. They... They were on Chad. They were, oh, they were on him. <laughs> I don't know He's what they had strong. to do. I don't know what they had to do to get this record label. Okay, <laughs> but they were on his record label, so it kind of makes sense that he would appear in it. It doesn't explain why he felt the need to show up and sing one verse, but it at least there's a logical connection. He's there, so that's the first. That's the first piece that fell into play. You know why he showed up? He wanted to be in the music video with all the porn stars. Well, yes. So uh, the music video, which listeners you can watch if you are so inclined to, uh, the music video was filmed at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. And, Mike, to your point, basically the music video is the band playing and a whole bunch of women in bathing suits and underwear just gyrating around them. You know, the huge. Everybody and, was everybody was having sex that day. I mean, this song, <laughs> this song, just watching the video for it, definitely gives me the same feeling every time I spend money in a Hard Rock Cafe restaurant. 
And what feeling is that? Quality of food <laughs> and surrounding. Steve, just, I wish like, I had the like, same dining experience as you did then. <laughs> it's the whole like it's it's like gr- kind of grody, and you're like, I I didn't come here for this. I thought I was coming here for something else. I don't know if I like this, guys. It oh, also doesn't my- help that like ca- hard rock, the Hard Rock Cafe and Planet Hollywood are two institutions that get worse the more they're franchised because the whole like basis to draw people to it is like, oh, we've got rock star memorabilia or we've got movie star memorabilia but if you're going to like the hard rock cafe in omaha like at some point the amount not to disparage the good people of omaha but like at some at some point like the amount of rock memorabilia gets spread out to the point where it's just like oh what is it oh it's like chad kroger's toenail clipper (laughs) that's what we got come on down to spend uh fifty dollars on a burnt steak you can see Chad Kroger's uh, uh, signed autograph of Chad Kroger by the guy that did his nipple piercing. <laughs> so that's so ch- that's where Chad Kroger that's where Chad Kroger fits into this. Now the part I don't understand is not only did Chad Kroger want to be featured in this new song by this new band he just signed, but apparently a friend of his is Zach Wild, who. You may know because he's the lead vocalist and lead guitarist for the band Black Label Society, great metal band, and he was Ozzy Osbourne's lead guitarist in his band from like the late 80s throughout the 90s and early 2000s. He's like a virtuoso guitar player, and I don't understand why he's on this song. Oh, and his name, I assume I assume his name is spelled like like a normal person's name. It's Z, with a Z-A-C-H and then the last name W-I-L-D or even W-I-L-D-E. Very, I'm very close. His name is spelled Z-A-K-K-W-Y-L-D-E. Ah. Because it's not... It's, the, the drunk Welsh spelling. <laughs> you mean Welsh. <laughs> Shout Nick. out to our Welsh listeners. Yes, Mike. Hey, come on. You, you said Zach was friends with Chad. Yes, which is the only thing I've heard that has dropped him in my esteem. Nick, it's pretty obvious to me what happened here. What happened? The, this These Canadian bros wrote Porn Star Dancing, brought it up to Chad, was like, yo, we got this great song. He's like, Porn Star Dancing? Oh, my God, we can make a music video with a bunch of ladies dancing i'm calling my boy zach up we're gonna get we're gonna get him in here and we're gonna we're gonna make a great music video that i think that's it so i, so, I really so what you're think saying, that's, you might be right what, what you're saying is they oceans 11 this but i like, think Ludacris just happened to be staying at the hard rock hotel with their phone like hey Ludacris, you want to rap a verse he's like okay this looks fun well, no i maintain i maintain to this day that Ludacris. uh Ludacris operates his uh his personal brand much like beetlejuice in the sense that if you say Ludacris's name in a certain way, he will appear and he will he will feature himself on your song. <laughs> Why do you think every song, except for this one, I might I might actually add because I did listen to it. Every song he's featured in, someone has to yell Luda, and it's usually him because <laughs> otherwise he can't appear. Luda. It's like Beetlejuice; you have to say Luda. his name. <laughs> Maybe that's his subtle way for his hardcore fans to know that he approves of what he's in. If he says Luda in the song he's featured in, he's like, okay, I approve of all of this. If he just wanted to collect a paycheck from My Darkest Days and get out, he doesn't say Luda. It's his he stamp doesn't. of Luda approval. This oh, is, so he doesn't say Luda in this one, huh? No, he doesn't. Um, this is getting like Da Vinci Code levels of code reading, but I really think Dan Brown should write about Luda. <laughs> Luda and Demons by Dan Brown. But Mike, Luda Christ and the. <laughs> now it's starting to sound like a fucking Harry Potter adventure. 
Song okay. Real, Luda Christ. Jesus Christ, this humor is getting so dumb. Uh, and it's partially my fault. But uh, Luda, Luda Christ porn star? Like, no, Luda, my Luda porno, Christ. Porno star? Luda porno Christ. Star. <laughs> well, we repeat St- ourselves. Stick a pin in that parody. We're going to revisit Luda that. Luda Christ, porno star. Da, 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 da. Yeah, something like that. I think we got something there. Uh, but Mike, to your point, I, I think your theory might be right. I was starting to read reach the same theory after watching this uh, music video again that this was just an excuse for a whole bunch of Chad Kroger's friends and musical <laughs> protégés to just hang out at the Hard Rock Cafe in Vegas and just have a bunch of half-naked women gyrate around them. George, George, it's 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 Matt Damon and Brad Pitt. Do you want to see if we can like get together and talk like a movie studio into paying for our Hawaiian vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we should do that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, I bet we could do it. Uh, but we haven't even gotten into the real lyrics of the song, so with that, let's get back to the song. A dissection is imperative. So we will start back at the beginning just so we can get the full, the full, the full sweaty impact of this. <laughs> oh my God, Nick. This music video does not seem hygienic. There's the hard rock. won't kiss my friend. Cassandra, Jessica won't play ball. Mandy won't share her friend. Miranda doesn't anybody live at all. Yeah, what's wrong with these ladies? What's going on here? Doesn't anybody here like to have fun? If Matt Walsh wanted to establish how big of an asshole he was at the in the very first verse, he's done a fantastic job. Now, now hold on, Nick. Now hold on. Look, it's not Matt's fault that he's the only one who got the orgy memo. He's like, what's up? What's going on here? Nobody else you, wants to do okay, an orgy. So, but, but Mike, you're already assuming that Matt is the reliable narrator in this. He could be in a Starbucks for all we know. You're assuming that there was an orgy that he was aware of that these women weren't. So we have Kelly, Cassandra, Jessica, Mandy, and Miranda. Holy shit! He's mentioned five names in four verses. Well, let's say Mandy and Miranda are having a good time, and he's like, "All right, let's go." They're, I mean, it sounds like Cassandra's the only one who's like on. <laughs> on like she's on board with this i assume based on just from a purely grammatical standpoint if kelly won't kiss my friend cassandra maybe implies that the problem here is kelly not (laughs) wanting to kiss cassandra of course it's possible that matt walsh may not have asked cassandra in the first place and just assumed she was cool with it the first verse of this song sounds like one of those logic questions you got on the regents test so if Kelly won't kiss her friend Cassandra and Jessica won't play ball and Mandy won't share her friend Miranda, what is X? Nobody well, living, Nick. Wait, Nobody let's, living. That's- let's see. If a train if a train containing Cassandra and Kelly departs from Chicago at 9.45 a.m. And Jessica and Mandy try to play ball on their train, but they leave on Amtrak 454. It's an Acela Express, which is an express train leaving from Dover, Delaware at 8.25 a.m. At one point, do they get together and make out for me? <laughs> 
Wait, hold on. Let me get my whiteboard, guys. When will they plow into each other? That's what he wants to know. <laughs> Mike, thank I like you. How you so- guys took my took my whole my whole bit and uh, really dumbed it down for the audience. No, Mike. The- Mike, I'm so happy you took the song "Porn Star Dancing." You took the lyrical joke that we extrapolated from that about logic questions, and then you made it horny again. You brought I'm it t- back. I, it's it's what I try to do, Nick. I- <laughs> Okay, no, so here's what it is. Here's what this sounds like to me. And I'm I'm I wager that the rest of the song will bear out this theory. This is like dirty, gross, douchebag uh, mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> Except no one's hooking up for this guy, and the other guy was everyone yeah. was hooking up with just him. Like somebody listened to Mambo number five and thought, well, this is a song about one guy talking about how he gets with f- uh, like five different women. I don't think this goes far enough for me. What happens to all those to those five women? Do they get in on the action? Do they make out? That'd be hot, right? <laughs> Ideas no. are flying through Walt's head. He's right jotting it down. It's genius. Well, Steve, because the band uh, My Darkest Days are clearly not feminist. The women don't have any agency in this song. They just exist as objects and just random placeholder characters for him to work out his logic problems with. But, uh, okay, so we've established the, that cast of characters, and then he continues. Oh, boy. Okay, okay, now hold on. Is he still your hero, Mike? I'm just curious. These bathroom stall phone numbers, they, that could have been some asshole putting his buddy's number on there just so he gets a bunch of random-ass phone calls. You, what, you can't call bathroom stall phone numbers, do you? Have you ever? Have I ever called one? As a, as a, slight, <laughs> as a slight tangent to that, I uh, personally, when it comes to using public bathroom stalls, every time I use one... I write my number on and it. And someone has... And some yeah, basically. And someone has carved a swastika into it. I get super neurotic that whoever uses that after me is gonna think it was me. Steve! Like I it's just like I especially if they come in and wait for me to get done in the stall, and I'm just like, oh, especially if it looks fresh, you just gotta be like then you look like a weirdo who like leaves the stall after using it and be like I swear to God, by the way, look, I know you don't know me. I did not carve that swastika into the bathroom. That is where your white guilt becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're just constantly nervous about other swastikas in public bathrooms that you start like apologizing as soon as you leave, people are going to think you're carving them, Steve. There was one time there was one time that someone didn't carve it. They like smeared their feces like they made it out of their. They they, made a swatshitka. Yeah. Swatshitka. And I left the bathroom, and someone else was sitting there waiting, and I was like, look, before you go in there, let me just say, I am not the shit Nazi. Steve, hail not, Schittler! Hail I am Schittler. not Schittler. I am not the poop, I am not poop Nazi. It was Steve, not me. Steve, I would pay so much money to hear you get out of, bath, out of a bathroom and say to the next person in line, I promise you, I did not put the swastika and feces on there. That was not I did not me. paint a swastika in poop. It seems, it, look, it looks fresh. But it wasn't me, I swear to God. It was definitely I am not the guy Hitler. before me. <laughs> I am not Hitler. <laughs> so, 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 Matt, uh, Mr. Walsh got Amanda's number from a bathroom stall. Do you think it was next to the shit swastika? And he, and he was so focused on Amanda's number, he somehow missed that entirely. <laughs> I don't know, but but it, if Amanda goes in there afterwards, she's going to be very upset. 
She's like, I came in here with a very specific purpose to give my name to random strangers to let them know I'm open. And some jerk came in here and made a poop swastika <laughs> next to it. I don't subscribe to that belief system. I came in here for the perfectly innocent reason of getting some strange. <laughs> getting some strange. I love that. That's <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> Well, and then uh, Matt Walsh brings up the obviously valid point of saying that Brandy just has way too much baggage, and that shit just gets old. Well, uh, Brandy tried to bring her kids into the orgy party, apparently. Mike, I guess, like- nobody said orgy party. That is entirely a fabrication of your own device. They're also at the Hard Rock Hotel, so it could be it could be literal baggage. Oh yes, oh, she she brought. <laughs> Look, if you're only going on a week trip, you can put it all in a carry-on. You don't need to bring that many things. Brandy, you got like five bags. We're staying Wait. for two nights. Why? Wait, in the context of the song, does Matt Walst work at the Hard Rock Cafe? Is that why he's upset at all these people? <laughs> Amanda won't tip. <laughs> Jessica asked for her fourth glass of water. Sounds like they're talking about strippers. Sounds like they're confusing strippers with porn stars. That is the biggest point, basically, Steve, that I was going to make, in that they're equating strippers with porn stars, which led to me doing exhaustive research on what constitutes sex work, so I don't say anything unintentionally stupid. Oh, well, I'm glad you warned the rest of us to do that research, Nick. (laughs) Well, So that you're the only one protected. No, in conclusion, so yes, it occurred to me that the song and the video seem to be describing strippers or exotic dancers but the song is called porn star dancing and they're not the same thing now depending on who you ask they kind of both fall under the same umbrella of sex work some people say strippers aren't sex work because if it's strictly dancing you could argue that's one thing same thing people sometimes say cam girls aren't sex workers because it's done virtually um and some people do say that but regardless of what the categorizations are those people are republicans (laughs) No, the whole concept of sex work was a political term to try to in the seventies to try to uh, have people who were not protected under existing laws be able to have some kind of umbrella where they could uh, validate their work. But regardless of all of that, in conclusion, no matter what, a porn star is not necessarily the same thing as a stripper, and yet the band My Darkest Days seemed to use the concepts interchangeably. I mean, I don't even think you needed to. Does does everyone seriously need? to go into that much detail to figure out the difference between a porn star and a stripper. Well, I mean, yeah. one just <laughs> takes their clothes off in a club for people and another one actively engages in sexual There's intercourse. so many people, maybe less now, but so many people who just kind of casually throw prostitution and stripping as the exact same thing. Uh, now hold and those on. people are called Republicans. It's <laughs> what I said. Hold the phone, hold the phone, guys. Who says this woman can't wear multiple hats? <laughs> multifaceted, multi-talented. You know, you got to have, when you're trying to enter a certain workforce. I'm a mother, a business owner, and a stripper. Don't cut this lady short, all right? Who says she can't be a stripper and a porn star and an employee at the Hard Rock Hotel? You don't I'm know. A, I'm the maitre d' at Shoney's and the main attraction at Show Knees. <laughs> Mike. 
you're right. Okay, you're right. But imagine if you wrote a song called, um, I don't know, Container Store Employee Dancing, but you're only talking about women who work at Starbucks. It's like, yes, maybe it's the same person and she happens to work at the container store, but then why are you only talking about Starbucks? It's kind of, it's, it's, it's basically the exact same thing as that analogy. <clears throat> you're, you know what, Nick? And I'm going to guess there's no point in this song that I can remember that he brings up the fact about having a camera set up and the lights. He does and, not at all. And a film crew. So you're right. You're right. It's like, if we're going to call this porn star dancing, there better be a porno. Yes. Also, who is watching porno and watching porno and then thinking to themselves, God, you know what this really doesn't have enough of? Dancing. You know what, Steve? Why is there not more dancing in this porno I'm watching? <laughs> it's almost the- as if they're two completely separate activities that people are... It's the equivalent of like <laughs> someone like performing stand-up comedy as the opener of a like music concert. People will not be excited because they came here for music. I came here to listen to music, not to listen to somebody talk for 15 minutes. You know what, Steve? Maybe that just shows how how little complexity you have in your minds in the terms of sexual satisfaction because I'll tell you what, I've I've seen of plenty of pornos and there's a lot of there's a lot of them You're that very kick brave, Mike. Very brave. <laughs> there's a lot of them there's that all kick research. off with dancing and there's even some that are called porn music videos, the little PMVs. And then uh, it's a <laughs> wow! You've opened up a whole new world for me. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I literally, honestly, honestly, did not know that that existed until you said that to me just now. Well, look, f- this is the first song types the episode where Steve came unprepared with research. It sounds like uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't know what a PMV Mike taught me was. something. Mike taught me the most Mike thing he could have thought of. So, Steve, your criticisms of, like, a Broadway show and a porn can be the same thing. The dancing is too intrusive. It's just, it's just, I don't, I don't know, maybe, I I guess Mike proved me wrong based on his encyclopedic knowledge of pornography that I don't possess. (laughs) Steve, you were here when we did an episode on the (laughs) Hamilton porn parody musical Hamilton. You know that these two worlds can coexist together. I didn't pay attention while we were doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. I th- <laughs> Steve, I, I distinctly remember you saying multiple times, I hate you, as we were hearing the audio of the penis duel between oh Hamilton, Aaron Boner, and the Fister Sisters. And that's on Disney Plus now. Not not Hamilton, Hamilton. <laughs> okay, so we've established the, the, the disparity between stripping and being a porn star. And uh, let's finish up the course. Yes. I was just thinking, like... <laughs> They're not even at a strip club, right? No, they're at the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. So so she's just in the middle of the cafe, ripping off her clothes? Well, uh, I mean... Uh, I mean, well, here's the thing, Mike. And and I, I don't mean to come across as how I'm going to cross when I say this. I personally have never been to a strip club. I don't have a problem with people who go to strip clubs. I just, it's just never been a thing that happened to me. I yet <laughs> have heard from people who do frequent them that oddly enough, 
And this is also like I get I, there's like several film like scenes that make a joke of this. So correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of people who go to strip clubs often compliment the food. Like strip clubs will often have like one food item like on the menu that's actually really good. Like oh I go there for yeah I go to the strip club, but it's also like the steak is really good, or like the breakfast buffet fantastic, the best cup of coffee in the city bar none. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's just a uh, that's just thing a thing I picked up from people who tell me about them. You know, it's, Steve, I've I've been to a a few strip clubs. I do not frequent them. I often the last time I went, I went with like four ladies that wanted to go to the Mike's strip club. Because Mike's a feminist. I, I am. I we were supporting <laughs> women working, uh, but uh, but I never tried the food. I I don't. I just don't know how I could stomach it. Like it's because like, like look. Strip clubs, at least some of the ones I've been to, I mean, the, you feel dirty in there. It's, it's, it's well, I suppose it also depends it's hot, on it's sweaty. There's hookahs and smoke going everywhere. I just, it, it is a strip, is it a strip club or is it a gentleman's club? Perhaps that's the distinction. So, the gentleman, food. Is, is the gentleman's club the one with the buffet? Maybe, I, I don't know. I, I just always see just, the taxi uh, advertisements for like flash dance, gentleman's club. This or something. is just a thing. A pop culture thing that I've absorbed that I never found out if it's actually true or not. So I'm just curious. For Steve, that's a little homework week, for you. Then. Tell us for a whole uh, week. Tell no. us what food you enjoy at your local strip club. All right, we we got to do a Sontopsy field trip where we'll <laughs> we do a series of live shows at strip clubs. It'll be great. You know what? They play shitty music at strip clubs. I think we could really fit in. Oh there, my god! Guys. Could you imagine someone stripping to our <laughs> podcast? <laughs> They've got pancakes and sausage too. The French toast is nice. The coffee's true. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Steve. All right, that's the next parody song we got to do. It's <laughs> okay. We'll work on and that. And it's strip club breakfast. Hey, <laughs> strip club breakfast. Yes. Porn star dancing. Strip club breakfast. <laughs> Oh, Steve, you bloody genius. I love it. That's fucking funny. <laughs> All right, so the next verse is the first of the revolving door of guests who appear on this song and is none other than Johnny Nickelback himself. Was that Chad? Yeah, was that, that was Chad. Chad. That was yeah. Chatty. It's Chatty Kroger. It does. It does my heart good to know that he leans in. <laughs> he, like he I know people's perception of me, and their perception is a hundred percent correct. And I don't need to live any other way. <laughs> I don't know if I respect him more for at least making peace with who he is, or dislike him more because who he is is just an asshole. Now, hold on, Nick. No. <laughs> Mike, I want to hear your reply because I have a mini essay on how this one verse, these four lines, somehow make him seem like the biggest. Of all the things we've discussed about him, this makes me think the least of him. But please, Mike, let me hear your point. All right. Stacy wants to save herself for marriage, Nick. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do this. Some people do this. Uh, he's being honest. He's saying, that's not my style. Mm. He thinks she's got a... <laughs> 
Well, he says she's got a pair. He shouldn't, and he and he knows. He knows that he's gonna. He can't be sitting here staring at her boobs because she's not interested, and he, he's just gonna be wasting her time and wasting his time because he wants girls gone wild. Well, Mike, the only thing I can possibly throw him a bone at is maybe genius. The, uh, we're looking at the lyrics right now. Maybe the lyrics for pear are incorrect, and it's p uh, e a r, like she has fruit. And it looks really cool. Like it looks refreshing, you know, next to Dear the Dear God, Nick, please tell me that's not that's the, nice the thesis statement of the essay you no, wrote. No, that is not oh. the thesis. <laughs> that, that, that is an asterisk. That is like some stuff I use to fluff up the word count of my essay. But no, so the fluffer. There's, there's the context of the lyrics itself where he's basically saying, this one won't bone me. Oh, well, she's got great tits at least. Anyway, going to duck out now. That's basically his contribution. But also, it's the fact <laughs> that Chad Kroger, the band we are listening to, My Darkest Days, he, so he signed the band. He decided he chose he he made the decision to be in the song and the music video. And as you said earlier, Mike, I think the only reason was because he wanted an excuse to go to the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas and just have a bunch of girls gyrate around him. And he could also pick any verse he wanted to sing. He could write it himself. He could pick any of these he wanted to. And the one he wanted <laughs> to do was where his only contribution was saying a woman's got a great rack. That <clears throat> is that is yeah. Nobody had so many choices about what they could do in this, and he chose that exact specific path because he's Chad Kroger. This, you know what? Maybe this was was him being romantic, Nick. You think so? Maybe this was him. How could Avril Lavigne have ever left him? It very well could be his only... Very well could be his only conception of the idea of romance. I think I think he... I want girls gone wild. Love poems by Chad Kroger. He met a girl named Stacy, and... Her mom had it going on. And... and she's like, will you, will you dedicate a verse for me in one of your songs? <laughs> and he goes, well, you know, Stacey, I really like you, but I know things aren't, gonna, aren't working out. But maybe I can up the game a little bit and throw you. <laughs> I can't even finish this thought, man. It's just like, ah, you know, he's going to tell her why it doesn't work because he can't save himself from marriage. But he wants her to know, hey, you got great tits. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> he 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 can only see these women as potential sexual conquests. He doesn't see them as human beings. Boom, feminist angle. So Nick, are you saying it's inappropriate to compliment? To compliment, say say a woman has a nice <laughs> pair to stare at. Yes, Mike. Yes. Would, so so I I I believe I've dated some folks. I've dated a few ladies. Yes. They enjoy the compliments of the of the rack, though. Because you're dating them. That's what I'm saying. You're <laughs> oh, talking no, they about... Don't like it. They don't like it when you say you got nice tits. They don't like... But that Mike, is, you're, you're very right on that, Nick. You gotta be... We're not talking gotta, about women that you are interested in or dating. We're just talking about women in general. Can't a woman just exist and not want to sleep with Chad Kroger and not be told nice tits? Look, Nick, the second you find empirical evidence that there isn't a woman that wants to sleep with Chad Kroger, you just bring that right on home and make your point. How, he's learned a lot about her, though, in a short period of time. He knows uh, she's saving herself for marriage, and she's got a pair that's nice to stare at. Okay, right. He's learned point, the important I this, points. I made this point to a friend, uh, la- uh, I think it was last night, where there are like, some questions that when you're trying to get to know a person, you don't think to ask because it's just not part of the culture anymore like we we realize like like when you meet someone for the first time you don't ask them things like oh what what faith are you are you a catholic are you like nobody 
thinks to ask that of people anymore because it's it's in one ways it's a very personal thing, and in other ways just sort of society's moved on from that being like a thing I need to know about you. Yeah, and it kind of feels like that with him, where it's like the very first thing he wants to know is her sex availability, <laughs> and that's just like not a thing that usually comes up at the first time you're meeting someone. Like this had to have been. Like, maybe the fourth thing that he asked her about, at the very least. Like, at what point in the conversation, like, all right, I'm going to wait for the fifth point to figure out if she's if she's available for sex. i got to figure, like, what at what point he tries so hard to hold conversation? off. You yeah. know what? You know, you got a good, you, get, you guys got good points here. I've, this, this, this may so be indefensible. And <laughs> a couple. And you're right, because sitting down and, and asking someone's immediate like sexual availability may be like the same as the first question being like, "How much do you make?" And then if someone decides, "Well, I I, I got no time for this guy." <laughs> well, you know what? Stacy dodged a bullet. I think here, Avril Lavigne didn't seem very happy, and I'm pretty sure Stacy would have been disappointed the next time Chad decides to show up in one of his band's music videos. And that's that's the concluding See, statement of my thesis. Knew, her, her mom knew what was going on. Yes, she did. <laughs> so, like, I I on purpose did not make the Stacy's mom joke because I was like, no, nah, it's pretty lame, right? <laughs> it's low hanging fruit, just like the pair that Stacy had. <laughs> hey, Nick, who who says they were landing low? I'm saying the pear, the fruit is it's literally low hanging <laughs> fruit. The pear that's nice to stare at. I don't think they're low hanging, Nick. They're probably quite firm. Yeah. Well, it's it's early. That's a firm pear right there. That's it's usually not until like you know late summer, early fall that the pears get riper. Uh, but in, that is the conclusion of my thesis. So Jesus the song Christ. goes, the song goes through the chorus again, uh, and that is when we get to the next guest. So Ludacris, as he does not say Luda. Luda. Ludacris, Ludacris, like, Luda bombs the music video. He does. It's very effective. Without any, like, Luda always makes his arrival known. He's a very old-fashioned, genteel gentleman like that. Like, when he used to have, like, a cotillion, and, like, the British, like, a British would have, like, a cotillion or, like, a big fancy... Uh, uh, like a like state dinner, and you'd have so- someone out there saying like "Lord and Lady Fairchild," but instead, but Luda <laughs> does it himself because he's a self-made man. He is um, self-made man, own hype man. He he definitely Luda bombs. I this is the first featured Ludacris song that I have heard where he does not introduce himself. But I, the, also, just like from a literary device perspective, I like the way he ties his his line in because the last thing that. Uh, Mr. Matt Walsh said was, let's throw a party just for two. You know those normal girls won't do. And then Ludacris comes in and emphasizes. The first thing he says is, they won't do. I need a girl that's kind of frisky. So I like the emphasis of using the last line of the previous person to lead you into the first line of your verse. Did did this guy in the post-court, Mr. Matt Walsh, was he the guy that started the song as well? Yes. All right, now I'm getting all freaking confused here. All right, you got you got to stick with your themes, buddy. All right, if you're looking for a polyamorous orgy, then you can't throw a party just for two. That is an excellent point. What I the heck are hope, we doing here? Let's throw a party I would also just for hope two. That, I would also hope that polyamorous was like implicit in the 
in the sense of an orgy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I only participate in monogamous orgies. Yes. Right. I pick one person who I stay with the whole night. Yo, a monogamous orgy is just a bunch of people having sex in the same room, but only with each other. Right? I don't so, know, Mike. It's been a while since I've watched Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> that makes sense to me. That, you know what? I'm making, I'm keying the phrase monogamous orgy. Wait, hang on. I'm trying to think uh, which. Hashtag it. Hashtag it, Mike. <laughs> I'm trying to think, Mike, who it would have been. Because you're right. He said, let's throw a party just for two. I'm assuming because he scared off all the other women because he's such a creep. So the last one, um, I guess it's Amanda. Because I went back to the first verse. Um, Brandy had way too much baggage, so she didn't go with her. Mandy wouldn't share Miranda. Jessica wouldn't play ball. And Kelly wouldn't kiss Cassandra. Those seem unrelated. But Amanda, he said, Amanda won't leave me empty-handed. Got her number on a bathroom stall. So I think... The party just for two is for him and Amanda. What about Cassandra? Cassandra he wouldn't... Just blow up. Cassandra was game. It's almost as if he's choosing these names solely for the fact that they rhyme. <laughs> and they fit in the meter. But, uh, but Mike, 100, 100% right. He said, let's throw a party just for two while seemingly trying to get as many women involved as possible. But uh, Ludacris still has more to say. Oh, yeah. Obviously. They won't do. I need a girl that's kind of frisky. Drinking with the fellas, taking shots and getting tipsy. Always want to party because she's sexy as hell. And if I ever get in trouble, bailing me out of jail because she's a stone <laughs> Okay. I do have a problem with that line, though, Ludacris. Do you think... The stripper or porn star, whoever she is, do you think if you ever got in any legal trouble and ended up in jail, she would be expected to bail you out? Ludacris is a multimillionaire. I would like to think he could bail himself out. But he's, I think he's speaking for the, for the normal man. Oh, the normal <laughs> man should expect their significant other to bail them out of jail every time they're stupid? Uh, Nick, there's nothing sexier than an independent woman with her own finances that are <laughs> able to help you. save you when you're the damsel in distress. Mike, I hate to make this t- cut so close to home, but you were not bailed out of jail. Nick, uh, well, for, okay, first of all, I had zero bail when I first went in. And they're like, you're going to come back and then we're going to convict you. But once you're in jail, Nick, you can't get, if you're convicted, that's, that, that's true. So you, you can't you get had, bailed out. Oh, so the, you had zero the, bail. Wasn't that because, okay, no, I don't want to get too much into the litigation, but that, that, if that, I had bail though, Nick, if I had bail yeah. and my, and my significant other or some, I'll tell you, or even not, if a lady, some woman I knew who, who wanted to get some bailed me out, she'd get it. She'd yeah. I'll give her whatever she wanted. That's, that's sexy as hell, man. You're going to come bail me out. Thank you. And Ludacris agrees because she's sexy as hell. And if I ever get in trouble, bailing me out of jail. Yeah. That's what, also. Also, I, I mean, pretty sure, pretty sure they need permission from Stone Cold Steve Austin to be able to say, to be able to say the phrase "Stone Cold Stunner." Oh, oh yeah, that that comes up in the next verse. Wait, uh, she's a stu- she's a kick to the nuts. Is that like- kick to the nuts? And she's a kick to the nuts, and then a falling jaw drop, and that's the bottom line. Jaw falling jawbreaker. <laughs> if you want to see Stone Cold stomp a mud hole in Chad Kroger for appropriating Stone Cold's intellectual property, give me a hell yeah. Yeah, 
Yo, have you guys ever considered setting one of those up in your bedroom? Well, that's what I was going to say. When when Ludacris says, she make me want to get a stripper pole in my home, I just assume it's because he's so inspired by her dancing, he wants to take stri- uh, pole dancing classes as well, which I totally support Ludacris doing. I don't know who, but statistically speaking, somebody who performs in this music video owns a, a, a strip club stripper pole in their house. I don't know who it is but I'd be very shocked if any one of them did not own one. <laughs> you know, I I can't believe Luda really hit the nail on the head, man, that I said earlier. Like, I prefer bringing the strip club to my house. And, like, there he is doing it himself. Like, His house, in this case, is the Hard Rock Hotel. <laughs> no, I mean, he says a stripper pole up in my home. Well, he said he she makes me want to get one. He is not committed to the purchase at this juncture. Uh, but he's he's present and he enjoys what he's seeing. So like he's like adding it to his Amazon shopping cart, but he hasn't hit uh, checkout yet. He's checking her out though. But um, and what was the what was the little bit before this here? Uh, she's now, a stone cold stunner with a steel chair to the face. Uh, hotter than a summer when she step up in the club. Every man and stone woman cold, water. Stone cold, stone cold, stone <laughs> cold. I wish I could. I I. In prepping for this uh, episode, I really was kind of lamenting the fact that I couldn't record music and sounds off of my computer for this because I des- I desperately wanted the glass shattering, stone cold uh, <laughs> theme song opening to just press at various points in the song. Uh, every what every man and woman want her. Now I gotta tell you, so, now I'm, personally, I mean, I'm into that, but also, I mean, now now we're doubling the competition. It's already bad enough when you're trying to beat off a bunch of dudes from hitting on your lady. Okay. <laughs> Choice of words, Mike. <laughs> oh, I hate, uh, how many more dudes are going to come over here? Let me appease. If I appeased you by beating you off, will you leave her alone? It's not as bad if I have to do it. I just don't want to have to watch it. <laughs> Mike's prison survival tactics. I'm just doing this until my girl bails me out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is uh, Nick is Nick is performing the hand actions for two shake the weights exactly activity <laughs> that he is currently doing. From my perspective, through the webcam, his hands are vibrating so fast it looks like he's jacking off the flash. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you'd think someone named the Flash would come a little sooner, but Jesus Christ, it's taking forever. <laughs> Well, that's one of the many benefits of the Speed Force, Nicholas. <laughs> that's what he said. But regardless, so that is Ludacris's lyric, which leads to a... Steve, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I was flipping off the asshole motorcyclists who routinely ruin my recordings. Oh, okay. Stop it, guys. You're interrupting my podcast. <laughs> Hooligans. I, Steve, I'm in the same position as you. I can make that joke. <laughs> the, oh. That's what the comedian porn star said. Yes. <laughs> I'm in the same missionary. Uh, okay, so that was Ludacris's lyric, which leads to the last guest that we have, which is, for some reason, the most anachronistic. It's Zach Wilde, like I said, from Ozzy Osbourne's, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's guitarist and uh, leader of Black Label Society, and he comes in with a guitar solo. Because a porn star dancing is
Oh, go ahead, I would I would first like to retract my previous joke about Zach about Mr. Wild's name. Now that I know that uh, from looking at him, that he is a man who could break me in half. <laughs> so, <laughs> in case he ever hears this, I would like to formally apologize for making fun of your name, sir. But. Here's the th- first off. That's the only musically interesting thing that happens in this entire song. That's just not a simplistic like drum beat and just chuggy guitar chords. But also, I'm a little disappointed in him because that guitar solo he did, he could do in his sleep. Uh, just to give a frame of reference, this was a the, Zach Wild. This is an eight minute guitar solo he did. I'm only going to play a little bit of it. I'm just going to play the part where. Uh, well, I'll, I'm going to play it for Steve and Mike, and maybe they can describe what they're seeing. <laughs> So at this point he is playing the guitar entirely behind his head. This is what That is a man that is a man that has not had fingers for many years. Their calluses in the shape of fingers. <laughs> well, Steve, it's <laughs> funny you mention that because it's not only his fingers that have to be calloused for him to do what he does next. Is it his tongue? <laughs> Uh, yes, Steve, it is. He is playing with his tongue right now. All I gotta say is, if he could replace that guitar with a woman, he would never be alone. I think he does. There is not a dry... <laughs> I? Maybe not you're a gonna dry crotch! I... <laughs> I'm thinking so... I, but... Oh man, holy Jesus. It's Dude, just, I'll tell you what. If I if I learn to play the guitar, if I play I am first learning to play it with my tongue. Easy. That is first a, I'm learning. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's the last Mike, thing. Mike, I you want you to show up to the introductory guitar class. Okay, guys, we're gonna learn a C chord, and then Mike's wait, can I actually just play with my tongue? I wanna skip all that. I only brought this video up to show that he he's a legitimate musician. And because of that, A, I don't understand why he's friends with Chad Kroger, and B, other than, I guess, for the experience of spending some time at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas and just being able to be surrounded by gyrating half-naked women, why he would agree to appear in the song. But it was a welcome reprieve. Nick, the guy literally licks his guitar. It's a very sexual thing, right? You don't think he's going to try to show up for a, a music video called Porn Star Dancing when he's a, he licks his guitar on stage for people? <laughs> you may, like, It's so diminishing when you say he licks his guitar. It's not like he's licking the fretboard. He's playing the guitar with his tongue. I'm pretty sure how it happened was someone who was doing this, someone who was producing, or I guess it's Chad Kroger who's producing the song, I think what happened is the producer of the song called his agent and said, we will pay your client much monies to be in this song. And the agent said, yes. And then the client, Zach Wilde, said, I will do this. End of transaction. Uh, I don't think we need to reach much further into the mysterious <laughs> fog you don't, of the you don't past. Want to reach around much further on that. Steve, we need to reach around and grasp firmly with two hands the reason why he would agree to appear in this. <laughs> Mike is demonstrating. Uh, b- 
But fortunately, the song just goes back into the chorus, and then that is it for... And that is porn star dancing. Great shot to end on, Nick. <laughs> they put pepper in their scrambled eggs. They got no. I'm sorry. So my Steve, doc- I we ooh, Steve, let's make it. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Just I'll like add it to the list. Just like the jankiest local commercial for a strip club, they just get the remaining members of My Darkest Days to perform a parody. <laughs> but speaking of which, actually, so this band only existed for about four years before they disbanded. And the main reason for what that happens to supergroups, Nick. No, but the they reason sh- they why they shine too bright. The reason why, because I told you to remember that Matt Walsh is the younger brother of Brad Walsh, who was the bassist in Three Days Grace, which Matt did not want to be in. He wanted to do his own band. So what ended up happening was Adam Gontier, who was the vocalist of Three Days Grace, he left in 2013. And Matt Walst was brought in as Three Day Grace's replacement vocalist for their tour and then was made lead member of their band as their vocalist and is still to this day. So the vocalist of My Darkest Days has been the vocalist for Three Days Grace of I Hate Everything About You fame for the past six years. Oh no, but that decreases my respect for Three Days Grace. (laughs) (laughs) How will I live without you? Three days grace. My darkest three days grace. Yes. So, uh, and then the let's o- start a riot. <laughs> and then the other band members went off to do their own side projects. So that is so. My darkest days only released two albums. This was by far their biggest single. And uh, other than just the 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 good memories or memories, I suppose uh, that we have. That's that's pretty much it for my darkest days. Nick, this was this was a golden goose of a song. So much material to draw from, so many angles to take. Uh, I really commend you on your selection here. Thank you. Yes, it's truly the most generous song I think we've ever done. Just so many <laughs> alumni. Because uh, Ludacris has never... So much alumni. Yeah. Ludacris has never been a main artist we've covered. To be, I can't think of a bad Ludacris song that we would cover, but with Baby and This, he's now appeared as a guest vocalist on two uh, Song Topsy alumni songs now. Uh, and Chad he was Kroger, the best this part is about of both it, of those songs. He, you know what? Fair. He, that's true. Uh, and Chad Kroger, this is what his eighth time in some capacity he's been on this podcast. Yo, his tendrils just go throughout the music industry. And Ch- you were—I gotta say—you were right. Chad said four lines in this, and it was pretty pointless. Yes, he just wanted to feel included, which I can sympathize with. Oh, Nick. No, don't, don't. I just don't want a friend, it. and by friend, I mean multiple women to just gyrate around me at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas. That's my Chad Kroger impression. Oh my God. And that is also Porn Star Dancing by My Darkest Days featuring Ludacris, Chad Kroger, and Zach Wilde. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, adventure with this golden goose of a song. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check us out at DapperDevilProductions.com. And you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Deer. I'll be totally transparent, though. I haven't been posting much on Instagram recently. I feel like I have nothing to share because I've just been in quarantine for the past, I did the math, 115 days. Uh, but, you know, if you follow me, maybe I'll post some more stuff. 
But you won't find into out. his DMs, folks. Yeah, Slip right in there. Slide into those DMs. <laughs> oh, Nick, stop teasing the people with such... Uh, yeah, I might post something if you want. You could look, I guess, whatever. Just be careful. I'm saving myself for marriage. And, uh, Mike, where can we find you? <laughs> I need a Nick gone wild in my life. Come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, We've already seen him shirtless. <laughs> He's got a podcast that's nice to listen to, but I want Nick gone wild. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like Nick said, um, give us a follow. Take off your shirt. (laughs) Give, give us a follow on the Instagram. Send in your, uh, favorite bizarre, noteworthy, or awful music. And, um, uh, why not tell us what kind of profession dancing you'd like to see on stage? Instead of porn stars, maybe you want to see postal workers. Accountants. Accountants. Uh, Firefighters. You tell us. Probably firefighters. Mike, did I ever tell you about my idea to open a strip club and just call it someone's daughter? Just to make people feel really weird when they go in. Nick, you get a lot of... You get a... (laughs) You have a lot of dudes wanting to be called daddy in that place. Oh, so you're saying it could backfire? (laughs) Yeah. You're saying my elitist moral high ground could actually just open up some doors that maybe should have stayed closed? Oh, who knows, Nick? But you still may make a lot of money. Maybe. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Off of the, off of the hard-working backs of women. Is that what you want to do, Nick? Is Mike, this is The why... hard-working, gyrating backs of these women. This is why I crowdsource all of my ideas in front of you guys, because you can rein in these terrible impulses that might have unintended consequences. Uh, so thank you for that, Mike. And Steve, where can we find you? Yeah, you're the one we need to watch out for. I admit it. Um, you can find me on... <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at YourManTrollo on my personal website, StephenTrollinger.com. Uh, I also have a YouTube page that I put stuff on occasionally. There's not a lot up there right now, but I... It's a lot of conspiracy apparently rants. People, just kidding. Uh, yeah, just mostly conspiracy rants. <laughs> apparently people are getting famous through YouTube, I've been told, so I don't know. Maybe we'll... There must be a recent I'll, development, Steve. This YouTube yeah. thing just got started. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll look into that. Uh... And I suppose that is it until next week. And until next week, I am Nick Breedier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm going to take up strip club clogging. (laughs) I just want to hear that Faith No More song and hear you strip clog to it. Uh, And we will see you next week. Take care.